Hi, and you're very welcome back to episode three of the Leitrim GAA podcast. This week, I am joined uh, by a co-host from as far north in the county as you can get, pretty much up there in Kinlaw, although that's not where he's based at the moment. He's actually mastered uh, by location. That'll make a bit more sense later in the show. Colin Regan, you're very welcome to the programme. Great to be here, Brethany. Uh, yeah, missing the north uh, of, of the county at the moment greatly. Uh, I'm stuck in Dublin 9. Not a bad part of the world either, though. I spent a few years up in that neck of the woods myself. It's not the not the worst place to be if you have to be anywhere else. Um, it's been a, a strange weekend, not a great one in terms of performances and results. The hurlers beaten, the footballers also beaten by Louth. Um, the girls, we'll be talking to Maeve Quinn later in the programme as well, a bit of a bright spot over the weekend. They, they actually uh, managed to put uh, the Wee County to the sword in their game. Um, but... I suppose initially we're going to talk to Terry Highland in a couple of minutes, but uh, your thoughts on the, the weekend's action? Yeah, I, I, I was I suppose the same as everybody, incredibly disappointed just with the level of performance against Loud. You know, the, they were obviously going to have a, have a bit of a pep in their step with with Mickey Hart coming in um, as manager, and uh, that that you know you, you take that as as you get it. But I would have just really anticipated a step up from the Sligo performance. Um, the number of unforced errors were was very hard to uh, comprehend. I'd say from, from from both the players' perspective and from Terry's perspective as well. I'll be able to I'll be interested to hear his take on that. Um, obviously the hurlers would have been would have been very disappointed as well. And, and as you said, thank goodness that the the ladies pulled a couple of points out in their first um, first competitive match of the of the year. And uh, you know they, they they they're giving us something to smile about this week. Well, in a week that there's not a lot to be cheerful about from the uh, GF perspective. Yeah, we'll also be taking a look, obviously, with Stephen McGurran, one of the games development officers in the county. Uh, we'll be chatting to him about the future uh, and Thuris and specifically, uh, which is a, a campaign and a, a coaching initiative to get more coaches actively teaching the skills of the games to our youngest players. It's really, really positive move that's happening in the county at the moment. We'll be talking about that later on. Of course, all of this brought to you in association with Leitrim GAA here on LeitrimDaily.com. And of course, we better remind you, the Supporters Club is open for business. If you want to join the Leitrim Supporters Club and maybe help us turn the tide over the next couple of weeks and months, uh, check that out, LeitrimSupportersClub.ie or .com. I'm not sure I should know. And of course, um, Colin doesn't need it anymore. He's he's happily hitched. But if you want to win a wedding, winawedding.ie. There's plenty of opportunity there. Twenty-five thousand euro wedding up for grabs. Uh, tickets running out for that event. Uh, one man who might be looking for a, a wedding at the moment, um, although he may may or may not. But we're going to talk to him about the game yesterday. Uh, Terry Highland. Uh, we asked uh, Dara Rooney last week if he had any case in his. Uh, need for a wedding at the moment he said no what about yourself any chance of uh, renewing the the wedding vows it could be more like a week than a wedding we could have been looking for after yesterday <laughs> but yeah. uh no 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 i'm 40 years happily married at this stage i'm not going to change <laughs> Good Good would, your, would your wife say she's happily married as well <laughs> I, she can't hear don't tell her <laughs> speaking about the game i suppose uh, a lot of people not many people in the ground i suppose that's one of the positives i suppose from the point of view of of not having to face uh, and talk to many people after the game yesterday how has your last 24 hours been since uh that the game took the final whistle yesterday well i suppose it's more it's been one of puzzlement i'll be honest with you um you know i didn't see the performance coming like that uh, uh you know we felt that uh 
we were going in in a positive manner. We had done all our homework. Uh, maybe we overhyped the thing from a management point of view. We put maybe too much pressure on them. I don't know. But in saying that, these are the type of things that you have to live with. It was, it was like a championship match. We needed to win it, and we didn't, and we didn't go out and perform. And, you know, a lot of the basics was, was, was very poor yesterday, which was probably um, more frustrating than anything else. You know, the amount of times that we gave away the ball under no pressure, uh, you know, uh, took the top ball into tackle and got turned over or made the wrong decision. Decision-making probably is the big one probably was where we could call it yesterday and, and that you have to decide to close in an opposition so you've been showing them what to do and it didn't happen or if you decide you want to pass the ball to somebody you have to complete the task and we didn't do that and that's just the basics got us wrong that's what i was saying to terry just that uh, it was that there was unforced errors that just you know crippled you from the uh, at every stage of the game really but you know Bar, bar, bar the spell before half time when, when the, you know, we click for, for a few consistent scores. Uh, yeah, I suppose sometimes when if the boys were, were feeling that the, the, they had to perform, they, they seemed to be reluctant to relax on the ball and they were trying to force things, as you said, even when they weren't under pressure. Yeah, and look, perhaps again, it goes back to. Um... That the environment is outside the county setup, and where the club football is, and how much pressure is in the type of games that they normally play in, and maybe things come a lot easier in the club games, and you know where they make an error in a club match to get away with it, whereas you do it in the county football, you won't. You get seriously punished for it, and uh, you know I, I, I'm throwing these things up. I don't know whether these are the answers or not, because you know what I mean. And it, it, these are the things that let us down yesterday, and. We have to probably try and dig through that between now and the weekend and see can we come up with an answer? Yeah, like I thought, um, you know, Mark, Mark Plunkett just seemed to be the, the one that got to the pitch of the game. Well, obviously, Paddy, Paddy Maguire was really trying to make things happen, but you, know, you shouldn't be having your, your full back trying to have exert that much influence on, on a game up, up, up the field, maybe either. I know it's a modern game, you'll see plenty of that, but you need to, you needed every other player trying to. Take the game with a scruff of the neck, and um, I, I would be very interested to hear what Mark's take on it was as well, because he, he got to the pitch. He he was actually the, you know he, he looked at a, at a level there. Yeah, and you know, so Mark has been very comfortable and going well in training for the last two three weeks. And against Ligo, he probably was the one player that did perform to the level where you wanted it. You see, I suppose the old. Um, Marks of where you're at in the game don't change that much. And the old story it was, if you won midfield, you won most matches. And it's still the same. You win the middle third of the pitch, you win most games. And we weren't getting that. We weren't our midfield, our half-back line, our half-forward line. We weren't, as you said, getting to the pitch of the game or the intensity of the game at a, at a high enough level to turn the game or turn the tide. And uh, I think there was long periods in the second half, especially, I would say that we would have went four or five minute spells where we didn't actually have a meaningful attacking on our full forward line. And you, you, you can't go through a game uh, with those that, that type of a barn spell with your full forward line and hope to win it. Because in the end of the day, most scores are got in that area. Yeah, in terms of, I suppose, the, the game yesterday, uh, very few positives, unfortunately, to take out of it. I suppose the return of Ryan O'Rourke is one that has been talked about on social media. I know we spoke to Ryan. Um, we'll hear a few words from him later in the show. But in terms of the, I suppose, just the, the general feeling, the fact that maybe we tightened up at the back a little bit, keeping a clean sheet, 
Um, I know I'm clutching at straws here, but how important is it to to maybe eliminate those baby mistakes that were made the, the previous week against Sligo and, and keep that clean sheet despite the, the manner of the defeat? Well, the previous week, I suppose, we won a man down and that probably was the main factor in that. We looked reasonably comfortable against Sligo until uh, we lost the player. And, uh, you know, in modern football, bar Dublin or possibly a carry, there's not many teams will survive for 45 minutes with a player down. It's just the fact of it. Teams are fit or teams have the opposition more worked out, broken down, they'll find holes. And, you know, I think that I think we were reasonably comfortable against Sligo up to that point. I'm not saying that the result would have changed, whether it would or whether it wouldn't, we don't know. Uh, but yesterday, I'd say the first 15 minutes was probably as bad as 15 minutes as I've seen since I've become involved with Eatsum. And, you know, we got to the water break, we got turned over, we got chatting them for a couple of minutes we only i mean we didn't issue any new instruction we just get back out the same instructions we gave before and we probably applied it and okay you know uh loud changed our goalkeeper at half time was we had put pressure on the shot kick out and we had got a bit of result out of the back of that and they went long but we also had dissected the long kick outs from loud before the game as well and what we needed to do in those areas and we didn't get we didn't get the opportunity to do that and we talk again at the next water break about it but the game was called from us at that stage for six seven uh point break and we're playing into a reasonably strong breeze at that stage so uh it's just as i said to you it was one of those puzzles that i still haven't got an answer to and, and ter- ter- just to one of your points earlier you've, you've watched a lot of leitrim championship football this last few years you're, you're obviously watch a lot of cabin where do you see the, is there a big difference in the intensity there at the club uh, level at the moment in the two counties? I would see it, yes. I would say, uh, I, I, what I, I see in leagues from football is probably at club level is a little bit, and then there'll be lads that probably have the ropes out for me saying this, but it's a bit like the football that I played many years ago. It's uh, kick and run after type football. It's probably not as much systems. Um, you know, I remember being at a game a couple of uh, but Malamore two years ago it was it was now and uh, you know Darunis playing full forward ball has been kicked in he won five balls in a row the opposition did absolutely nothing to negate it and funny enough uh, Melvin Gates got beaten that day as it turned out in the end but you know what I mean they don't seem to uh, react to systems or what's happened is they just go out and play football at the senses you know uh, you know in in an older style fashion. Then maybe where uh, the modern guys have moved it up a little bit, it's all maybe more. Um, it's more physical. I would have to say in Calvin, I'll have to say that, like I was at the county final uh, last year in in in, in Calvin, and uh, if it was rated with the county final and little man on the percentage, it was certainly been played at about thirty percent more intensity, pace wise, every way wise. To be honest with you, and I think that maybe in Leitrim is that. I'm not too sure, and I know there's a small number of clubs, and how do you get that intensity up is that maybe you need to look at a competition where you haven't got as many clubs, maybe playing a senior championship and more at intermediate, and if they even have to play around Robin and make it in, in, in a manner that, you know, there's two or day games, like the championship last year, I looked at it and later, I think if you won two games, you were through, and it didn't matter with the next two games, and there's a little bit of an element of that going through where I think that that just creates that kind of a, Blase attitude of what you can do or what you have to do to win, you know. 
I think that's a, it's a, you see that a lot with the, the intercounty performances. We you know we, we we follow up a really good performance sometimes by a really you know an almost inexplicable performance, and that, that can be maybe reflective of the the standard of a team that you're you're not always required to be at your absolute pitch best um, yeah. at the club. Yeah, I think we create an, uh, an environment where they don't have to do that, and that kind of creeps into the mentality of what you're doing. As I said, you're, you're asking me questions, and I know, I'm only giving you what I'm seeing. And I said, there's lads out there probably with both barrels cocked out uh, fire back and say that, you know, it, it's something that we are doing wrong or not doing wrong. But when you go back to um, skill errors, if you want, for the want of a word to put on it, the simple stuff that you have to do to pass a ball or peripheral vision or look at that. That goes back to, I suppose, that, and, you know, we said this off the camera, that that is something that kids need to learn and the early formative part of their, of, of, of their learning their skills with, with GA. And, you know, I, I, I reckon by the time, if you look at soccer models or you look at all other models of sports, by the time they're 12, 13, 14, they've learned most of their skills. They can hone them up and they can get stronger at them and they can bring game sense in after that and they can bring SNC in and after that. But the actual skills are there because it's no secret that if you are from Kilkenny or Tipperary, when you're fit to walk, you hang your holy. Why? It's because it becomes part and extension of your body. You know, when when we go to um maybe with footballers into as kids, especially underage, we set up a lot of drills that are not relative to what to do when they're going to play football. You know, little square boxes on, you know, I, this one that really bugs me is where you have two guys facing each other on a cone and they pass the ball to the guy and they meet in the middle and they go past each other. And I can never see where you want anyone to do that in a game. And yet, it's the most consistent drill you see on a football pitch with kids. And it's all that type of stuff that, and this is only me saying this, I'm sure there's better qualified coaches out there and saying they'll tell you it's for sharpness or it's for, they'll have a reason for why it's done, but the reason you do something should be relative to what you want to do in the game. Yeah, I suppose. Wrap, finally, to wrap up, Terry, we're running out of time, but in terms of um, Sunday and the, the the game against Antrim, obviously they're top of the division, two wins from two. They've beaten the two sides that we've uh, lost to. Um, wh what's the plan? Like, it's a dead rubber. We can't qualify because we can't catch one of the two teams that wins on at the weekend. Um, do you play a strong team? Are you playing for pride? Where are we with that? Do you kind of put, give the lads in the, the squad a, a run, see what maybe ahead of the Mayo or Sligo Championship game? What's the, the mindset going into it? Well, it's probably a little bit of both. You know, in the end of the day, lads have to have a little bit of pride in themselves and the jersey the way or and the people they represent. So I don't mind whether you started last week or you're on the 26th or you're on the 6th didn't get in. Once you put that jersey on, it doesn't matter. You're in an inter-county panel, you're in there because you're the best footballers in the, in the country. And whether... You didn't play last Sunday, you didn't play against Sligo when you're handed the jersey on Sunday. Well, pride should be given an idea you want to go out. An effort should come off the back of that. If you fail because of that, that's fine. But we will probably end up giving as many guys football as we can that hasn't got football because that's what they're in there for. We will be looking again to get a, a result because in the end of the day, the only way you can measure yourself is on if you get success. It's not just a dead rubber game for us because, as I said here, there is a, a cup in the corner and it's called Pride, as he exactly said, and we need to get our hands on that cup. Okay, well, listen, we'll make up to you on Sunday. Um, hopefully there's a brighter day ahead than maybe we had last weekend. Talk to you uh, through the season. Thanks, Dad. Good to see you, Ryan O'Rourke.
York, a disappointing day for, for Leitrim football, but I suppose uh, good to see you back on a pitch and back in a Leitrim jersey. Yeah, just on a personal front, I'm uh, happy enough to be back you know, with the lads and uh, getting on the field again. Um, so it was a long few months, um, you know, watching and through lockdown as well. So, but uh, just disappointed with the result, you know, um, poor performance today. So it would have been nice to start off with a win. But in terms of, I suppose, your own situation, how's your, how's, how is the ankle? How's, how's the health? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's coming on. You know, it feels good enough now. You know, it's been uh, as I was saying through lockdown. It was a good few, um, you know, it was a long few months um, since the Tipperary game, and uh, yeah, feel good enough now. Yeah, the knee and. Everything else feels feels good enough, so hopefully it stays that way. It's a tough t- day today, I suppose. Uh, never easy when you lost a game to have a chat with the media like this. But I suppose where to from here? Obviously, a trip to Antrim next week. What's the mood like in the camp? I can only imagine it's not great. No, it's not great. Um, I suppose we're probably talking about pride now at this stage for next weekend up to Belfast. Um, just have to give a good account of ourselves. We haven't at all so far, so. Um, Antrim and then I suppose you're talking about the, the championship then and we have to get our heads right for for about, I think we've, about six weeks after that game so um, that's all we can do, nothing else, no point feeling sorry for ourselves. In terms of the I suppose, injury list in the camp, you're back today, uh, you're probably more able to play more minutes mm. as the, the weeks progress towards that championship game is there a chance we could come in under the radar here and maybe uh, cause a surprise in five to six weeks time, I know it's, it's a long way away from what we're just after witnessing today yeah, I suppose I would have to start, um, you know, putting all our, our minds towards that now. And we've a good, you know, it's it's not as quick a turnaround uh, as usual. So we've a good nearly two months uh, to prepare for that semi-final. So uh, yeah, I think we'll have most injuries back in the next, you know, week or two. I'd say get a full panel of players, and um, yeah, we we'll just have to push on, and that's that's all we can do. Thanks very much. For yeah, cheers. Thank you. Yep. While the hurlers and the footballers got their seasons up and running last weekend, our ladies team had to wait till this weekend for the visit of, yes, Loud. We seem to be saying that a lot on the show over the last couple of weeks. The third meeting of the counties in the last seven or eight days. Joining us to take a look back at the game is Maeve Quinn. But first, uh, Maeve, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Brad. First, let's have a little look back at the game with reaction from the manager, Hugh Donnelly and the captain, Claire Owens. Claire Owens, thoughts after that? Uh, relief, I suppose, in the end. Um, yeah, no, just delighted to get the win after um, what was a very long lockdown, a short pre-season, but we felt fairly prepared for today and we were all really looking forward to it, so just happy to come out on top. Yeah, in terms of, I suppose, the way the game ebbed and flowed, they really started brightly and it looked like you might be in trouble, but there was some fairly decent strength on the bench to come off and help you today. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, it's, it's very much a panel effort this year. We have there's several girls for every position, so um, it's great to have that. But yeah, we knew, we had a couple of challenges. We knew they were going to bring a different level and they did. Uh, I thought we dealt quite well with it in the end. I know we, we might have seemed a bit kind of jittery, but I think we kept our composure and kind of brought ourselves into the game maybe um, where before we might have, we might have crumbled we definitely didn't like we knew ourselves even we were down a couple of points at half time we weren't overly worried because we knew we, we had started before the end of the first half to actually put our kind of impose ourselves on the game How nice is it to practice in the jersey playing football again? Absolutely better than you could even expect um, yeah it's been brilliant training together has been excellent then the excitement of looking forward to the league um, has just been brilliant yeah everyone's kind of just Loving being a training and giving it absolutely everything they have. So, like I say, it's 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 great to be around. 
some new faces. I know we spoke to Hugh on the show last week and he talked about some of the, the new faces came in. We saw some of them today. How have you been impressed with uh, some of the younger girls coming up? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, like so, some of those girls are, I don't know, half my age nearly at this stage. But uh, it's brilliant to, to still be around, to be playing with that kind of the, the youth of Leitrim that are coming through. And it's very enjoyable because they... They bring something that um, the rest of us that have been around for a lot longer, we, we've, we've probably lost it along the way. So yeah, it's, it's very exciting to train and play with them. In terms of I suppose, the season ahead, we're all in a little bit of an unknown situation because the change in structure, the change in kind of championship structure and the league. Uh, what's the plan for the season ahead? What's the ambition for this squad? The plan for the season ahead is is next Sunday. Um, and I know that's, that's a cliche, but we very much um, have... You know, the the ultimate goal, I suppose, is Division Three football. That's where I'd love to see Leitrim playing. Um, but as of right now, it's recover from today and get ready for Derry next Sunday. It's very hard to know where teams are at. You know, they could have dramatically improved in the last year. Who knows? So we're not taking them for granted. Um, we had a comfortable win over them last year, but but who knows? So we'll be setting up and, and preparing just like we did for today. Hugh Donnelly, good solid start to the league campaign. You happy with that? Yeah, I'm delighted. Delighted to get the, the, the points on the board and more importantly, delighted with the, the performance. Um, we knew how difficult this was going to be um, and uh, I'm just delighted to, to get the points and get the performance. Uh, today you started a bit cagely. They got a bit of a lead early on, but you managed to fight your way back in. I suppose what was going through your mind through the first ten or fifteen minutes? We knew it was going to be cagey because um, you know they set up very different to, to compared to most other teams we've played to date, um, and you know they're, they're a serious outfit. Um, take nothing away from life. They're very um, you know they're, they're mobile. They're they're physical. They have they're littered with ability all over the field. So. In terms of, of that, we knew it was going to take a few minutes to set up. We knew it was going to take a few minutes to adapt to what they're bringing to the table. And um, yeah, listen, I'm glad we got the result. We kind of lost our shape towards the second period of the first half. Um, and we made a few switches to try and, and, and just bring in a bit of experience to settle things down. And thankfully it worked. You talk about a bit of experience. That was some uh, triple substitution. Carla Le Guin, Ailish Kernan making her first appearance for Leitrim after her transfer from Cavan and Alva Clancy. Three girls who you'd expect to see in a starting 11 uh, with the experience and quality they have. Yeah, look, that, that's the beauty about this squad this year. We have, we have, um, we're littered with ability uh, and, and that makes training really exciting in terms of, of there's lots of competition for places. So, look, I, I've made this very clear from day dot when it came in it's not about me or, or you it's about what Leitrim ladies are going to try and achieve and move everything forward so you know girls are going to have to play a role from the sideline they're going to have to play a role from the starting 15 and some girls unfortunately aren't going to get game time that's the, the part and parcel of, the, of what we're trying to achieve here in terms of of uh, you know lift the standard and, and try and get a balanced standard of football throughout the, the team so and you know the experience that we brought on today um, just help shore that up and, and as I say unfortunately for some of the gears that come off uh, it just wasn't their day and, and you're going to get that and as I say it's a learning experience for everybody. How important is it to keep that squad active and, and, and big in numbers of quality throughout? Yeah look it, it's, it's key and, and at the end of the day you know the 15 start will, will be deserving of their spots in terms of and I, I you know I, I, I've made this very clear to the girls as I said it's not I don't care who you are or, or terms of what you've achieved it's about us and it's about Leitrim Liddies and what you can do may it be a, a five minute or, or ten minute or twenty minute show or, or whether you start or come off or come in or whatever at the end of the day it's, it's you do your bit for the ladies and, and you do what you asked and as I say the subs that come on today done their bit um, the girls that come off worked tirelessly um, it's not as if it, they didn't try to make it work they did they worked hard and as I say look we're, we're just delighted to to get the first step in the ladder in terms of uh, some of the refereeing decisions today you probably got the rub of the green on anything that was going 
red card, two yellow cards as well. Um, not to say they weren't warranted. What was your perception of them? Yeah, look, we knew going in from from last year that they're they're a, a big, tall, physical side, Louth, and and um, you know. It, it was always going to be that cagey affair because, you know, theoretically, uh, on paper, both teams are are, are um, very good and, and capable of being up. So, in terms of the referee, look, it's not easy being a referee, um, and she has to call it how she sees it. And there was challenges going in left, right, and centre. I don't mind any referee as long as they're consistent. And as I say today, I don't know if we got the rub of the green. But I certainly thought she was fairly consistent in what she was trying to do. So, uh, you know, it's not easy for the referees either. What next for the this squad of players? Obviously, Derry next week. Yeah, we, we've got to get back. Um, you know, we, we'll enjoy the night and, and relax and, and chill out. But in terms of recovery and, and things tomorrow um, and, and Tuesday, and then we're back out training, we, we, we've got to be very careful because we we um, don't treat Derry with respect, then, then it could be a, a, a very real chance of a financial um, banana skin. So, look, Derry's back here. Um, again, you know, a savage facilities and a big open pitch, and, and we're starting to get the hang of this place now. So, yeah, look, it's another it's another game. We've got to treat it like that, a step two in terms of, of what we're trying to achieve. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it, really. Two very happy faces there from the Leitrim camp after the game. Uh, Maeve, we might as well start with you. And I know you were at the game as well. You were covering it for uh, Ocean FM. What were your thoughts on the performance? Well, I suppose Leitrim were slow enough to start initially, Breffney, and they did get off to a slow start, whereas Loud hit the ground running. And it took Leitrim until, say, I think the six or seven minutes before they actually got going. But when they did, they actually played very, very well then for a spell. Now, having said that, they were unlucky, I think, to be going in at halftime two points down. But that they brought on a number of, I mean, I suppose the strength at the moment in the squad is the strength of the squad. There's there's an awesome uh, panel of players uh, there, you know, 30 plus players, and even the players who aren't named, you'd like to have on the team, you know. So uh, really, really, the real strength in that squad there. And the subs that came on really did make a difference as well. So we were kind of starting to change for halftime. We were starting to get a little bit of the upper hand. And then there was complete dominance then in the second half, really, where they kept loud scoreless until the final minutes of the game. You know, it was 2-5 at halftime. Now, I suppose one of the things that I suppose you'd be conscious of is that they actually did allow in three goals even though they had that uh, third goal went in and towards the end of that game, even though they had such dominance. Now, it, but it was a fine display. And I suppose what's lovely to see is that there's great link up there in the forward line between and even from the half-back line up to the forward line with Leah Fox combining very, very well with Michelle Guckian all the time. Michelle Guckian was on fine form yesterday. So super, superb shots taken from her. A few very good shots too from Vivian Egan from the forward line as well. And Roisin McHugh, I think, needs mention because she did a, a side of work, as they say. She did a, a tremendous amount of work the whole way through the game from the very starting times where Leitrim were struggling to kind of kind of get a grasp on the game, you know? Yeah, she was an out ball in the first 15 minutes or so. Every time a player in the middle of the field got their head up, she was always that ball out in the left wing. Um, in terms of the game, Leitrim seem to know each other so well at this stage and that they play to their strengths in terms of some players a bit more mobile than others. And they'll get that pass into space, whereas others may be less mobile, but better in the air. And they'll get that contest against the, the full back or the, the cornerback and, and they win it every time. They just really showed... I suppose, that kind of knowledge of each other that's yeah. built up over the last couple of years. 
And they did really combine very well. I mean, I mentioned Leah getting in with with, with Michelle, but also uh, you had Wernd, uh, who also, of course, combines well with anybody playing around her when she did come on. And equally, you could see there where uh, Alva, Alva gave some beautiful passes in as well from just curling nicely into where the player, perfect, as you're saying, perfect for the player, just spot on for a player to get into. There was some lovely passing outfield in terms of the ball not being wasted. And it's one of the things I suppose uh, I noticed is that they really are making sure to pass it in and take those scores from that 80% area rather than taking shots from far out. There was there was very few of those, which is to be commended, to make sure that when they do have possession that they make it count and make it pay. The Leitrim had very few wides in that game yesterday, which was excellent. Maeve, how, you know, when you talk about the strength and depth of the panel this year, how reflective of that is uh, is it in terms of the state of club football in the county at the moment? Well, I suppose you've seen the the coming up of Menor Hamilton have really come of age in the last years, and that certainly adds to because St Joseph's and themselves have really uh, had fair battles, shall we say, in the championship over the last years. And equally, Sean O'Hessens have come up and become a stronger senior team as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so you are seeing, I suppose, more competition maybe than you had heretofore before that, you know, for a few years. And club football has always been, I think, quite healthy in Leitrim. You know what I mean? I think there's been great, I mean, and I know myself from, say, from a conic point of view, when you look at registrations, per capita, as usual, Leitrim are actually playing. There are more footballers playing. And there's great work being done in the clubs. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the, the senior club scene is in a very healthy state in that we've seen some really competitive games between, I suppose, St. Joseph's and Sean O'Hessons and, well, and particularly Manor Hamilton in the last few years, you know? Yeah, you need that. You need those strong clubs. You need that spread, don't you? It drives yeah. that bit of competition within in the panel then as well when it moves up the county level, which it is always does. Healthy. And Yeah. And you're seeing players. Players are making themselves available for the county. It's wonderful to see. Like the key players in clubs are out with the county, which is great to see and fair play to them. You know what I mean? And, and it makes such a difference when you have a panel like that when you're able to bring on the likes of Carol Le Guin and Alva Clancy and Ailish Kearney, and it's wonderful actually, I suppose it's notable to note that Ailish is playing for Leitrim this year, which is wonderful to see. And uh, great to see her making her debut there for Leitrim on Sunday. Absolutely, wish her all the best of luck. She even got a couple of nice uh, long-range scores as well. So uh, she count on that front. Uh, what I liked about the game, uh, watching it was, and even watching the highlights back earlier, um, was not just the names you've mentioned of the teams that have competed at the top end of the championship, but if you even look at just the forward players, the eight or ten forward players that played yesterday, um, Ailish Kernan is from St. Francis, you've a couple of girls there from Glencar Manor you've touched on, but you'd Vivian Egan from Anna Duff, you'd Roisin from Shauna Heslins, you had mm. uh, Shailen Ward from Kildra Gales, uh, Elise Brune from St. Mary's, nearly every club in the county almost, definitely those senior and intermediate clubs have some representation, not just in the squad, but actually on the pitch. And it's probably the biggest spread of players I've seen from across clubs, probably since we won the intermediate championship all the way back in, in the late noughties. That's that's very true. And those players that you mentioned really acquitted themselves very, very well. Shailen played very, very well. Elise had an excellent game. And I suppose you're seeing, again, the strength of the panel, that the, there's a real competition there for places. You know what I mean? There's a real com Those players are getting their place, starting place on the team. And it's wonderful to see because it, the future is really bright. And, you know, and it really makes a difference when you have players of 
as high a calibre as they are looking to be kept on the pitch and looking to get on the pitch, you know? I think that's that's key, isn't it? Maybe you said the fact that the players are making themselves available for the county team, and that shows that there's they're enjoying the training first and foremost. Um, but they're, they're, they also see that there's a, a shared ambition there, and you know it's obviously I look forward to seeing their development over the next couple of years because it, it sounds like there's a really good foundation in place there. Yeah, I'd be I would be very hopeful we'll all be up in Crow Park shortly before too long supporting them. Yeah, well. <laughs> we can all get in. In in terms, Colin seems to have access now. Maybe he can drop a key at the back day on a on a, on a final day. We can all get in the back door. But in terms of that, and I didn't press uh, Hugh or Claire in the interview after because I kind of felt it was a little bit early in the season to be doing that. But realistically, uh, while everyone kind of has that ambition at the start of the year. Um, it was very disappointing in the Intermediate Championship last year. Let's be honest, it wasn't great. Uh, but that was against a very, very strong Meath side who went on to win the Intermediate Championship. Mm-hmm. Is that within this batch of players a possibility? Are they capable Absolutely. of doing that? Absolutely. It's only a matter of when. It is only a matter of when. It's only a matter of whether they do it this year or next year would be, I genuinely, if they don't do it this year, which... Maybe they won't in that they're playing from Division 4, but you'll be very hopeful they get out of Division 4 and into Division 3 next year. And you're really, really hopeful that they will they will make sure of it next year if, if they don't achieve it this year. And really, that'll be down. I mean, the fitness needs to stay up and then to get that confidence in place and, as you say, improve that combination and improve that use of the ball, you know. And I, I suppose... the. And not let in three goals. You won't win a championship match if you're letting in three goals. I mean, that's that's a bottom line as well on it. Yeah, particularly the third one. I think the first one, um, long ball in, and she just finished it so well. She Second did. one, she, she was let run. She not that she was let run, she just couldn't catch her. She she the, yeah, she soloed right through. But the third one, I think, was just it was a little bit of a sucker punch right at the end. It was a bit more than just a consolation, though. Yes, yeah. Oh, no, it was a good goal when it was got. But, I mean, again, at that stage, I suppose Leitrim knew they had it won as well. Let's remember that they had had absolute dominance for the entire, and it was in the final minutes of it that they got 1-1. They hadn't let them score in the second half. And that's, I mean, that's really something as well, to come out in the second half with two points down at halftime, to come out and to actually, so just set your, set that mark on the game the way that they did. And they just... You know, you get these games where something goes well and then it keeps going well. Well, it kept going well for 20 minutes, 25 minutes of that yeah. second second. It's unusual to have a, a, you know, a spell that strong, that long. All right, it, you know, it can be hard to keep the, the attention and the concentration for the, for the whole duration of it. But a, a valuable lesson learned that you play to the final whistle. And I mean, the, the back line were excellent. Uh, you know, there was some good, there was some fine blocks down and things like that where players blocked the ball down and things like that. We, and and taking frontal challenges and what, I, you know what I mean? And getting frees from players that were coming through and things like that. But, you know, and I know, I know that uh, Leitrim know that they have a bit to work on. But I mean, certainly you're asking about, I really do believe that it's certainly well within their capabilities to go back to the question you were asking, Refney, to... Uh, to be in Crow Park, absolutely. A couple of new faces in the Leitrim squad as well uh, through the game yesterday. I know Shailen Ward, Rebecca Rooney both started. They wouldn't have had that much experience at senior level before, adult level before. Um, Abby, oh, 
Sweeney. Abby Sweeney, that's right, Sweeney. from Shona Um, She made an uh, impact towards the last maybe 15 minutes when she came on as well. So um, nice to see some of those younger girls getting that opportunity to come on in, in what was, despite what the score might suggest, a fairly tight encounter throughout. I mean, it was quite a physical game. Loud would be. I mean, Loud are definitely considered the strongest or stronger of the teams in their division. And it was quite a physical game. I mean, the whole way throughout. So, yes, it's well done to Leitrim on how they handled it and how they handled themselves. Excellent. Well, listen, Maeve, on that note, I suppose you've been there, done it all before, talking about Crow Park in September. We don't know what month it's going to be in the current <laughs> environment. But I suppose uh, later in the summer, hopefully, we will have that little pilgrimage to the capital. Colin, you can turn the heat on for us at some stage later this summer. And uh, we'll have uh, we'll... to. <laughs> Absolutely. You might want to be a bit stronger in the kettle, hopefully, <laughs> the celebrations afterwards. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. It's only day one of the championship, of the, the league season, and I'm sure there's plenty of bigger battles to come along the way. Maeve, thank you so much for joining us. We chat to you throughout the season. Thanks See very you, much, Bradley. Thank you. Naz, I was just saying to the lads on air the last time I was outnumbered by this many lead, Melvin Gill's men, I uh, was retired by Killian McGlone and Dara Rooney in a Division 4 league game. But enough about that. Uh, let's talk about the present. And Steve McGurn, uh, Games Promotion Officer with Leitrim GA. You're very welcome to the programme. How's it going, Brethney? Cheers for having me now. Well, you're very welcome. Colin was feeling lonely and I wanted a bit of taste at home. So we said we better get someone from Kinlaw and in and have a chat with us. Yeah. In terms of, I suppose, you why you're here. Good to see you, Stevie. <laughs> yeah, well, catching up. I know it's been a while since yeah. they let him down home, you know. Uh, in terms of, I suppose, why we have you on the show, obviously, there's been a lot of talk over the, the last couple of months about the new Thuris program. And I suppose we wanted to find out and maybe spread the word a little bit about what Thuris is and what exactly are the advantages of the programme for the clubs and the players of the county in Leitrim here? Yeah, um, so it's it's a coach developer programme. Um, it was created by Leinster GA, actually, so uh, we've robbed it from them, basically. But uh, no, fair play to the lads. We met a, we would have heard talk about, you know, training days, we say in Abbottstown or Croke Park or that, that the Leinster crew would have always been talking about Taurus and that, so... Um, no, we made contact with James Devan there and Colin Clear. No, Colin didn't know the boys well there. Um, so we uh, just approached them and they could not be more helpful. Fair play to them. James even came down to us to help us just give us a, a rundown on the programme itself and helped us roll it out. So, uh, no, it's a coach developer programme, like I say. Um, the two big things, I suppose, that it provides, the first one would be it follows the five tourist principles, um, just basically looking at how we how we coach or even why we coach maybe so it follows these five principles and then the second thing would be it's a, a player pathway within each club and um, it brings in age specific coaching at each age grade you know so what exactly you should be doing with your nursery what exactly we we'll say you're under 13 teams you know so it just provides a real clear pathway that age specific coaching and then like i said also you know follow these five tourist principles when we're coaching and Stevie, I suppose, like uh, as with any good player pathway or that kind of foundation work, the, the, the intention is uh, both in terms of ensuring that there's proper level of enjoyment for the, the young players at that stage, but also the opportunity to progress and advance through it. Yeah, exactly. It's um, So just on the, the principles themselves, the first one would be testing and challenging for the T, so, you know, that all the players are challenged to improve at their own level. 
The next one then would be the U, understanding that the player is at the centre of the game and they're trying to promote a bit of one-to-one individualised coaching there. Then you have your R, so it resembles the game. Then the A would be hitting on that a wee bit, Regal, like you say. So all players involved, all of the time, lots mm-hmm. of touches, lots of decisions. And then your last one is your S, which is it should always be enjoyable, developmentally appropriate, you know, and a holistic GA experience would be that last one. But yeah, so it definitely caters for all, for like you say, that really hits that if you're following these principles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, distraction for the S there when it comes to the, the naming of it but uh, the, the idea is lovely that it's, it's really about the enjoyment of kids getting out and playing a bit of football at whatever the level they want to get to whether it's to be on the pitch for Leitrim at senior level in 15 years time or whether it's just to be out and having a bit of fun with their mates totally yeah just making sure you know that they're all involved and they're all getting the opportunity to play and express themselves and um just really enjoy it yeah and also obviously test you know test all the players test those stronger players if we're going to call them that uh, but yeah no I think it's it's a brilliant program catered for everybody really Um, so no delighted to get it up and running it's been a huge reaction in Leitrim so far for it so uh, it's been great I, I can't overemphasize the importance of something like this in the, in the county as well Brett you know um we tend to look at the, the county team, the county team, the county team. The county team is the top of the triangle, and it will only be as good as the foundations below it. You know, the right the way down, and that that begins at at nursery level. And people wonder, you know, the, this year Dublin team, the the, the greatest Gaelic football team that has ever existed, is built on a generation now, multiple gen or you know, several generations that have gone through a similar. Um, established program that works with every club, ensuring that there's a consistency of um, implementation of a player pathway, um, that there's retention of players at, at, at all levels, at all, you know, that's the priority. Because the young lad who's head and shoulders um, ahead of everybody else at, at under 10s might not be the, the boy that's going to make it through onto the minors or even the senior team. And uh, we can sometimes overly focus on those players at the wrong stage of their development, Stephen, is that right? Yeah, totally. That would would actually fall in for another area within the pathway. So, to, you know, to speak about, to kind of use the idea of a bus there for each stage along the journey. And, you know, our job then as coaches is to make sure that we bring them all to that next stage, you know, and bring them all on their, their tourists or their journey, yeah. You know, you mentioned that there's a, been a really, really good uptake and interest from within the community here and the clubs in the county um have we we've 23 clubs in the county how many of them involved in the program so far yeah so I suppose at underage um with you know you'd have certain teams coming together maybe for go games and so we'd roughly operate between you might have 19 um at go games coming together and then by the time we get to 17s we might have 14 clubs you know with combinations of that coming together right. but uh, no, I've had 16 clubs now have took part in the programme, which uh, which has been great. So we've delivered 18 workshops. And I think the massive stat there would be that I've had, you know, well over 438 coaches have joined um, for the initial introduction workshop where we try and embed those tourist principles would be the main focus of that first workshop. Um, but, uh, you know, massive numbers there. If I was being yeah. honest, I got eight or ten clubs for the first year i would have been delighted but um it's the fact that we got up to 16 already is brilliant so delighted um, now what, what can we see i suppose as the, the net outcome of this because i suppose one of the things that people talk about a lot is maybe 
parents getting involved on the sideline and coaches maybe treating every game like an All-Ireland when maybe the kids just want to have that bit of fun uh, at 7 or 8 or even 11 or 12. Um, is this also about kind of scaling back maybe the expectations on, on those kids and allowing them to really enjoy that experience growing up? 100% for FNA, yeah. You know, just creating that right environment, making it really enjoyable and obviously, you know, getting the, the work done as well as the man says, you know, working on what we should be working on at the right ages and bringing everybody along and keeping everyone involved. Yeah. There can be a perception that those two things are mutually exclusive enjoyment and high performance. It, 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 actually, the, the truth is the contrary. People will perform at their best when they're enjoying things they're the most. That's when they will be the, you know, the most um, tuned into their cognitive abilities, to their physical abilities, to their social environment of the club and their teammates, etc. as well. So, you know, it, it, that, that's one thing I'm always keen to dispel about when people hear about, oh, what, you know, they're trying to take the competition out of juvenile games or it couldn't be further from the truth that competition is inherent in young players and you know just set two toddlers down in a room and put a ball between them and the two of them is going to go for the you know, hell for leather uh, yeah. we don't we don't have to in, introduce competition we have to introduce competency and skills and enjoyment yeah totally totally um and even the, the games based approach is is a huge one in taurus as well of you know trying to coach uh true games basically and getting away from our straight lines and our drills and mm. oh, fair mm. enough you have to break down our skills to start off but just trying to get the games and that as, as much as we can you know when we're at it as well but like you say there we go i know i was in the school there earlier today actually and um i was just doing a week kicking game over and back so you know three small groups three three and one square kicking across as a wee bit of a competition and let it run for a while i says keep your scores and sure after a few minutes i went back to the first group says right how are we getting on no oh, we didn't bother keeping score this <laughs> <laughs> so, i'll tell you you know yeah uh, it was just a bit of fun for them and practicing great stuff kicking. yeah great stuff well, I suppose, Steve, the next step for this, you obviously had a huge reaction, 16 clubs, over 400 coaches, doing the quick maths in my head, that's about 25 or 30 coaches per club, which is absolutely astronomical. Um, where where do we, where do you need support from this? Because obviously everybody, or not everybody, but I'd say the vast majority of underage coaches in the county have had that initial contact. Is there a continuous communication with those coaches will there be refresher courses um what's the next point for those people in their own development as coaches too yeah so so the massive one the next step on it would be a club visit um where you know we'd, we'd take a session or part take a session say with with the coaches with the clubs um unfortunately we've lost two of our gdas in the last year so we lost sean and enda so um I guess to to follow this up and to roll this implement this properly we're going to need more help on the ground going to need more staff so obviously we need to get the two lads replaced as soon as possible will have to be the first step because then um, you know having this first step the first workshop done is fine but it needs to start happening on the pitch now and we need to get out and help our clubs and help coaches implement it and uh, i'm sure ego you'll agree with that I that's what that's what club from my experience anyway club-based coaches they you know once they get that opportunity to learn 
first of all, you know, from the practical stuff that you've been doing with them, but then, or the, or the, maybe some of the theoretical stuff, but get to put it into, into practice then down in their own club where they feel comfortable, where they know the, the, the youngsters, um, you know, and then, the, the, then you let them off. You know, and, and you'll have the check-ins with them, of course, to see how they're doing and, and, and opportunities for continuous development with the coaches too. Stephen, it's one, I'd be interested just from that, you know, that's phenomenal numbers of coaches. What What is the demographic of coaches in Leitrim at the minute at the club level? You know, is it, is it young parents or is it recently retired lads or is it older? Is it a mix? It's a huge spread, actually. You'd have from mm. one end of the scale to the other. Um, getting younger, I would say. The last while so um the cool camps are helping a wee bit with that uh the clubs are kind of taking on more of a role of camps this year they're running them we're just assisting and trying to roll them out so there's a huge recruitment of uh cool camp coaches going on mm -hmm. so there's a lot of them we actually have 170 that need practicals done for a foundation over we've got wow. half of them done at the weekend there so we get another batch done so that's a, another 170 new coaches fantastic uh, starting this summer which is great but uh no i'd say a fairly a fairly even kind of a spread regal um I suppose probably mostly parents i would say yeah probably you know a wee bit more parents just getting involved and probably a good few maybe with with not huge background uh, that, that, that's, that's, yeah great to hear that there's new new blood coming in there and like with the, as you said with the right support if you, if you can get the the, the um the numbers of your, your team members back up yeah. to, to Fairly even mix, you know, of those, and then obviously your your ex players, and then the younger would say the cool camp coaches are, yeah, some of those. But yeah, no fair spread around now. Good, good. The, the cool camps will provide a nice um, incentive for people to get involved. All right, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, there's huge numbers in those over the last few. Well, obviously not last year, but uh, great participation numbers in those. So they're going to be some buzz now for July and August for us again. So. Great. There might be parents actually listening, uh, Stephen, who are looking for information on those cool camps. Uh, where can people find more information on venues, dates, and stuff like that? Has that been released yet? Yeah, they're all um, they're all open actually, and some of them are pretty much done and dusted for most clubs. Um, on the if you go onto the cool camp website and just go to Lutrum as your location, and then it'll throw down all your camps. So we've eighteen camps running this year now in Leitrim. So, um, but some of them are fully booked out, Breathney already, to be honest. So, um, but uh, yeah, we have the highest rates of participation in any of any county in the country in, in cool camps per head of population. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We're probably throwing a bit of panic there now, Breathney, on anyone who's not booked in. It's <laughs> grand. We want them all sold out. We want people to get in, get early, and get uh, their place yeah. booked for whatever kids. Are eager to get on board because i know it can be gutting if all their friends are going so book for the camps uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't done it for the kids just yet take stephen's advice and get in nice and early stephen uh, thanks very much for joining us i know beforehand yourself and colin were having a chat about injuries you were comparing uh, scars you've had a bit of work done what can you tell us about that yourself yes yes um no i went over to i got my hip done as the man says uh, so i was over in birmingham in october and i uh, got birmingham hip their uh, hip resurfacing, I suppose you call it, or the Birmingham hip. But uh, no, it's been giving me trouble. I haven't played in about five or six years now. I haven't played football, so uh, it was pretty bad now, to be honest. And worse then, obviously, with, with the work I'm doing, coaching in schools and clubs and that. But uh, no, I got over in October, and I have to say it's been a, a huge success. Uh, it's given me a whole new lease of life, to be honest. 
Excellent. So all, all well for Gail's opponents this year. They'll have to be worried when we see Stephen back in the jersey, maybe. Um, <laughs> he'll be there holding up, holding the Zimmer friend for, for the Perry. It'll be fine. Uh, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can rent mine out. Listen, Stephen. It's been fantastic, Stephen. Thanks very much for dropping in. Best luck. Congrats on all the work so far with Taurus. And I know it'll uh, be creating players for the future for the green and gold of both sexes. Uh, thanks many for dropping in. Good to see you, Stephen. Thanks, lads. That's it for this week. Thank you so much to Colin Regan for joining me and uh, getting us through the the week. You might have noticed there was a quick outfit change, maybe even a little uh, background change there. We did record the conversation with Maeve Quinn earlier in the day. Um, Colin, I suppose, um, final word to you, I suppose, in terms of the the show, in terms of the week, that's been a bit of a challenge for the GA in Leitrim. Yeah, I think Terry summed it up with saying there's a cup in the corner called Pride, you know, and I, I really think that there has to be a serious, um, every single member of the, of, of the panel, the senior um, men's football panel needs to just sit down and consider, are they bringing absolutely everything to the table that they have? You know, I, you know because if they're not, then intercounty isn't the place for them to be. You know, and, and, and I believe that we have some really talented, really, really talented there but it's about the consistency of application of your intention in every single training session in every single match in not just as in every single run you make in every single challenge you make in every single block and every bit of track and back in every decision that you make that's what's required of, 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 the, of the game at this here stage of its of its evolution. And if we can really get everybody um, up to that one level, then I could, you could see exponential growth in that Leitrim school. And you know, I think that's what everybody in the county is is pushing them for. And you know, we I think a lot of us believe that we have some of the most talented forwards at our disposal that we've had in a generation. And um, it would be an awful shame if we weren't to maximise that. Absolutely. Well, I suppose uh, you've put it better than I could put it myself. So we leave it there. But I suppose the final thing I'll say is uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. And who knows uh, what that might be, whether it's this Sunday or in a couple of weeks against Mayo and Sligo. And we now need to get behind the team and really um, drive them on from a distance as much as we can. Uh, And one way of doing that is by getting involved in the Leitrim Supporters Club, leitrimsupportersclub.ie. Tickets available there. There's plenty of prizes as well for being part of the club. I think it's 5,000 euros as the top prize well worth checking it out and getting involved. Of course, Colin, you launched that a couple of weeks ago. You uh, emceed that uh, fantastic event uh, from headquarters in Croke Park. And hopefully we'll have some element back in Croke Park later this year. Who knows? Maybe it's a possibility uh, with the hurlers of the ladies footballers uh, while the men are, remain a little bit of a, of a dark horse at this point in time. Um, you can, of course, also get your name in the hat for a wedding, winawedding.ie um, tickets going out the door quickly for that. Colin, thank you so much for joining me. Stephen McGurn, Maeve Quinn, uh, and also, of course, Terry Highland, star of the show. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week. We'll be back next week on leitrimga.ie forward slash podcasts uh, for this collaboration between Leitrim Daily and Leitrim GA. Colin, thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you again next week.